Welcome back to another episode of The Mac Rumor Show. We finally have a guest. I feel like it's been a long time. Hartley and I have been talking about this for a while. Uh, obviously, Hartley is here. Uh, but we have a wonderful guest. He's been on the show. This is probably like your third time now, I think. Second or third. Uh, but we have the wonderful John Rettinger here. Uh, John, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. We, we brought you in specifically for this topic because we're approaching the iPhone 15 launch. And you just informed me, which I already kind of figured based on some things that you've been kind of putting out there in the world. Uh, And I know you've done this in the past, but it seems as if you have switched to Android again, my friend. I have. I figured, I mean, iPhone 15 is coming end of September-ish. Seems like a good time now for the next two months or so um, when I started to uh, make that switch to to Android. Uh, So I'm, I'm really trying all the Android phones that I wanted to spend extended time with. Uh, until the 15 hits. So was on the Z Fold 5. After this podcast, I'm going to move on over to the S23 Ultra. I'll go over to the Pixel 7 Pro. And then I don't know, we'll see after that. So our main like topic is that we wanted to just kind of like see what would make the iPhone 15 exciting yeah. again. Uh, or, or what what the iPhone like what could make the iPhone exciting again in the iPhone 15. So Hartley, you made a beautiful list of things to talk about why don't we start with uh why don't we have you lead the way here uh and then we'll get john's take on like what could make this phone exciting for people who might have made the switch like john just did yeah so i think there's a few fundamental things obviously there's always a load of small changes with a new iphone um but for the pro models which is what i think most people are interested in i think that we're looking at just five major changes which would be the action button, the titanium frame, the periscope camera for the Pro Max, uh, the A17 Bionic, and USB-C, which to me seems like quite a lot. Um, I don't know whether it's as much as we got with the iPhone 14 Pro, but what do you think? Do you think that's enough to justify an exciting upgrade? I mean, I'm going to be a contrarian, I guess, on the the Mac Rumors podcast here. Uh, The iPhone's been commoditized. I mean, it's been completely commoditized. These upgrades people are getting excited about, mostly we're talking about frames and we're talking about a button. Uh, and we're talking about a port that probably should have been there years ago. Um, I was having a conversation with some folks yesterday and was trying to think what it would take. What's the next iPhone wow moment, right? You go back to the original iPhone, it was multi-touch, was a wow moment. Uh, a really incredible on-screen capacitive keyboard, I think, was a wow moment. Uh, I think FaceTime was a, a wow moment from the, the software side. And to a lesser extent, maybe even Dynamic Island was a slightly less exciting wow moment. I don't know what Apple can do to give another wow moment. What they can do, what they appear to do, is just slow incremental updates to make something that was already great just slightly better. And I think that's the track Apple is on. Make something slightly better, make it look slightly different. And it's it's an incredibly useful tool, but I don't think it's an incredibly exciting tool anymore. I do agree. I think that's the situation that we've reached. Um, and I think the turning point was possibly the iPhone 10. It's felt like every oh, yeah. iPhone has really been an iteration of that. I suppose that's because that really changed the way. I think that Face ID uh, and that redesign um, really did set the path. Um, and I think that was also an exciting upgrade. But some of yeah. these individual aspects taken by themselves um for example the 48 megapixel camera i think was a great um, update last year uh, overdue for sure but 
I think it's possibly more the case now that we're looking at individual features that are interesting rather than the whole package sort of changing diametrically um, every couple of years. Yeah, I think it's eloquently said. Uh, and I think you're right. A lot of it is is Apple catching up. Apple very rarely moves first with new trends. They couldn't have 12 and 16 you know, megapixel cameras in their phones anymore uh, at this point. They were they were forced to to make a move. And I'm not belittling the utility of the iPhone. I still think the iPhone is probably the most useful tool, uh, perhaps in all of humanity. It's just no longer a super exciting one. I think your point about the iPhone 10 is very eloquently said. Uh, that that was probably peak iPhone. An iPhone 10 still looks like a modern iPhone. You know, if you pick one up and uh, and use it, and not much has changed uh, since then. We, we've often had the conversation that the iPhone 10 was the best iPhone uh, in the last however many, possibly ever. Like one of, maybe alongside, yeah. like, I know a lot of people like the iPhone 5. So I think that was like, you know, those every five years type deal. Um, yeah. I mean, what's it going to be for for you then in the future? Is it when they jump to foldables? I know you're a foldable fan. Yeah, I'm a huge foldable fan. Listen, I still love the iPhone. And the iPhone is still probably going to always be my main phone that I use the majority of the year. And so none of this is to say that I don't I don't like it or I don't enjoy using it. It makes my life the easiest out of all uh, all of the phones. Um, but I do kind of I, I do I do wonder if the iPhone and this is a crazy thing to say because it's such a big part of Apple's business. But if we're going to talk about the iPhone in 15 years when we talk about the iPod now. Like, man, remember the iPod? That was a really big deal for a really long time. Um, you know, while we have, uh, you know, face computers strapped on, is, is it going to be something that is going to be planned to be obsolete or phased out as something better clearly comes to replace it? You know, Vision Pro, gets phone call capabilities, and it really gets rid of the stupid magic battery pack and, becomes lighter and integrated a bit easier. Are we really going to be spending that much time on our phones? Um, I, I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's very easy to say it's going to replace it, but I think it definitely merits a discussion for how things are going. Apple's been very good at predicting the next thing. I agree. I think that that is the direction that we are heading in. I think the difference with the iPod was ultimately the form factor of the iPod is kind of the same as the iPhone ultimately. So that the iPhone was able to kind of take over from the yeah. iPod um, instantaneously, effectively, and in quite yeah. a short space of time. Whereas the difference with um, head-mounted devices and the iPhone is just that difference in form factor. So we could be looking at maybe 25 years till the end of the iPhone, but I still think that's going to happen. Um, I think that the Apple Watch is a lot more likely to stick around um, long-term than the iPhone. Um, as that device that you carry with you when you don't wear a headset or a pair of smart glasses or whatever direction this goes Har in. Hartley, um, you're going to kill off the iPhone at the iPhone 40? I can I can see it happening. I really can. I <laughs> you can can't it. make it 40 years and then just let it like not have the iPhone 40 moment. I mean, come on. But John, John's right. He, you know, the the yeah. iPod was a big no, deal, um, yeah. and it was hard to imagine that changing. Um, but all of these things come to an end in one way or another, and it, they just get phased out. They just get less popular. And at the point where your Apple glasses in, I don't know, 2030, 2035, are doing everything you could conceivably want to do on your phone, but better, and you've got cellular, and you've got your, your Apple Watch, what do you even need your iPhone for anymore? 
With the busy fall season just right around the corner, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. The fall for me means kids are going back to school, we have different after-school activities, and everything's just ramping up, so we really rely on these quick and easy and, most importantly, healthy factor meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes or less to get us through the day. You can also level up with Gourmet Plus options, prepared to perfection by chefs, and ready to eat in record time. Treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. I'm still personally a huge fan of the jalapeno cheddar chicken and spicy cauliflower rice. It's just so good, and I'm sad I don't have one to eat right now. But this August, you can get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door and ready to eat in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Mac 50 and use code Mac 50 to get 50% off. That's code Mac 50 at factormeals.com slash Mac 50 to get 50% off. So let's just, let's play it forward, right? Let's assume a foldable iPhone comes at some point and it's a, a different line of iPhone for a few years until it becomes the, the main iPhone. What can Apple do with their iPhones moving forward, right? They're very clearly shrinking bezels. They're very clearly looking to hide face ID and all those sensors behind a camera. They've, as far as Apple goes, been pretty quasi vocal about wanting to remove all ports, right? Remove all mechanical buttons on the phone. Maybe screens will get a higher refresh rate. Maybe they'll go higher resolution. Cameras will get better. Zoom will get better. Eventually, that'll make its way to the non, the non-pro line. Processors will get more powerful, more efficient. Maybe if we cross our fingers and our toes, battery technology will slightly improve. But we're we're right now. Where do you go from there? After that, where do you go? Folding. That's the only. That's the only direction. You go to. You go. So to that, fo- that that that's it. That's it. Right. Yeah, that's it, honestly. And then unless there's something else that gets introduced later on down the line, that's still, you know, a traditional phone per se. But, um, you know, and then eventually if you end up being correct, which I do think you will be correct um, in the way that like the iPhone wouldn't be, you know, would be like the iPod. But I don't know that it's Vision Pro in its current state. I think it's more slim glasses mixed with like AirPods. You know, no one wants to walk around town constantly with with a giant headset on like that's and we all know that that's obviously not going to happen in the future that's the long-term plan is to get it to be glasses that are very nonchalant um but yeah no i I think folding phones are the future but i just don't know if apple sees it that way right now because i mean they're very behind which you know we've talked about many many times apple is usually not first and they want to take their time with things but like I don't know, we're five years in. Almost every major company now has a foldable that's not Apple. Uh, I literally just came from something that I cannot quite disclose yet, but like just get I get more and more impressed with the more stuff I see in that like area. And I just sit there thinking and I say the same thing. Like I just want there to be an iOS version of this and we're just not there yet. 
So give Apple the benefit of the doubt, right? They come in with the first gen product that's thought out and um, very well executed, right? Take the Pixel Fold. I think it was a very good first attempt. Mm-hmm. But somebody who spent a lot of time with it, it was very clear it was their first attempt to where Samsung is now on their fifth iteration, especially when it comes to the software standpoint. That, at yeah. least to me, was very, very clear. I don't think that would be the case with Apple. Maybe that's, that's fanboyism or, or rose-colored uh, augmented reality glasses. Uh, but I do think when Apple enters this, they'll solve problems that others haven't before. Apple's typically done that when they've entered new markets, right? Um, whether it's crease being gone, yeah. a new a new technology uh, for the screen itself or how the hinge is executed. I don't think Apple being late is going to matter. I think when they enter it, they're going to enter it really well. I think we'll see the first glimpse of that, at least according to a very uh, trustworthy rumor site that I read all the time about uh, Max. Um, You may have heard of it. Um, uh, But, uh, you know, iPad foldable becoming first because Apple sort of tests, tests those waters. But it's hard to see where app where where phones in general are going next, and, and maybe that's part of the fun, right? There's mystery there. There's still something yet to be uh, unveiled. But aside from shrinking bezels and putting things behind camera and then just iterative spec improvements, like what's going to happen? Is it is it software? Is there going to be a killer software something that we're going to get well, that's going to change everything for us? How, well, how can I let's let's bring it back to the the 15 that's coming in a couple of weeks? Okay, can I interest you in an action button? I, <laughs> I need to know your thoughts. I mean, I, need- I, have a, I, have a hard, I have a hard time getting excited and geeked out about like a, a, a button. The action button on my Apple Watch Ultra literally just calls my wife. Uh, I'll probably change it to oh, that's a good idea, uh, like a profile, like a profile switcher, um, or maybe a shortcut. Like after that, like I don't care. I'm gonna f- completely forget about the action button. Probably 20 minutes after I get the phone. Um. What is exciting, I know this is pretty niche for a lot of people, um, is if the Pro models get Thunderbolt speeds, mm-hmm. which is um, uh, potentially the option to even edit video off of a two terabyte iPhone would be incredible. Um, being able to use that to, to, for, for ProRes and ProRAW and all that kind of stuff uh, would be huge uh, if that ends up being true. And I will say... Commend Apple for the USB-C uh, transition. I know their hand was forced a little bit prematurely about what happened in the EU. But Phil Schiller did go on stage in 2012 uh, and say that the Lightning port was a port for the next decade. So he did tell us uh, <laughs> that this was coming. I also think that titanium is a really significant change. Um, because, and, and, and I know it's iterative because we're going to get it in more or less the same design that we've had to date. But it's important to bear in mind that the iPhone went from plastic to stainless steel, from stainless steel to aluminium, and from aluminium back to stainless steel. We haven't had anything like this in the whole of the history of the iPhone, which has these properties um, of being both lighter and more durable. Um, And even just the finish of it has the potential to just look very different to something that we've had before. Um, Again, the question is, where do you go after titanium? that's it. We've reached peak iPhone in terms of what we can do with materials. Um, It's always got to have glass on the back for wireless charging. And there's no metal, basically, really, that they have at their disposal at this time other than titanium. Uh, So, yeah, it just seems to be iterative to me. Ceramics, the possibility, it's very brittle. um, But I loved it on the Apple Watch, personally. So I'd be really interested in that. Maybe for an ultra model or something like that in the future. Are we are we getting a, a 15 Ultra uh, this year? 
What do you mean, like the name? Or are we? I think it's going to be Pro Max. Is, is, a, is a Pro Max going to be the Ultra? Harley? Uh, it, it has been rumored this week that the name will change. Um, it's been mentioned a few times throughout the cycle, uh, but I don't think it will be. I think that the current plan, as far as we understand, is that the Ultra will come, just not this year, and it will come when there are more significant changes for that larger model. Um, whether it's a whole new model, a bit like the Apple Watch Ultra that sits above the whole lineup um, to kind of re-inject a bit of energy into the iPhone lineup, um, or it's just a replacement for the Pro Max, uh, is an open question. And it's because we're moving to this direction where each of the iPhone models has a different feature set, um, which I know is not what a lot of people want. But this year, you know, we're getting right back into that with the Periscope camera. Um, next year, that is going to follow with a, a bunch of stuff uh, with regards to cameras. So that seems to be the direction we're headed in. And you can kind of see how Ultra would work. I have a question for you guys. So Go let's say hypothetically you're, you're Tim Cook. And out of all the swath of technology that currently exists or is coming, I'm not talking like holographic keyboard or anything crazy. What are you doing to the iPhone? What changes are you making? So say iPhone 17, right? 16 is already in the pipeline. It's already designed. What changes are you making software or hardware? What are you, what are you adding? I mean, th this comes down to personal preference ultimately. Um, but mm -hmm. if it was my sure. decision... And this is going to be no surprise to Dan, but I would love to see them uh, reconsider the actual form factor and go for something that is, be brave enough to go for something that is smaller and lighter um, and really see if they can use the efficiency improvements of their chips to make more of their uh, battery life as well. Um, and kind of go back to basics a little bit and kind of go back to some of these priorities that we had, or at least that Apple had for the iPhone going back um, eight years or so. Uh, maybe a little longer than that. Um, but I think it is it is difficult because it is just a feature-by-feature feature iteration. I mean, we know that Apple is working on uh, micro-LED displays as well, their own custom display technology. That should be really interesting. Um, it should be way more efficient, and it should look very different as well. So that will be exciting, but is it going to be as significant as the jump to OLED was? I don't know. Right. You know what I keep fantasizing about in terms of design is just like a modern version of the like original iPhone design. I don't know why, but like if they could figure out a way to bring like a what would probably be the 20th anniversary at this point, like of the iPhone, the original iPhone, it looks the same, but it's, you know, glass and titanium somehow. That would be really nice. I don't know why. I just really that's it's not that's not my answer. But just going off of what you were saying, like I thought that yeah. would be really cool. I don't know. I think for me, more my would be more like software based and allow just more customability, sure. like customizing. But I just, I just know that's not going to happen. I don't know. Like a major overhaul of the OS, I feel like needs yeah. to happen. Which, uh, <laughs> speaking of John, I, 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 I yes. want to talk about. I want to talk about your your move to Android. What about some of these phones that you're? What phone are you currently using? Is it the Fold Five Z Fold? So 5? right now, right now the Z Fold Five, and I, yeah. I think. Like me, a lot of people who are on iOS, it's it's just too much of a hassle to switch to Android. For a lot of people, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to lose AirDrop. I don't want to lose iMessage. I really like X feature on this Android phone, but like it's too big a pain. Um, hundred percent. I'm I'm in the the same the, the same boat. I have found some solutions 
to mitigate that. Uh, and they're not necessarily hacks either. So the big one was uh, iMessage. I got access to an app called Beeper yep. that currently has a wait list and it, it essentially iMessage forwarding. But for me and for the end user, I can still use iMessage on my Mac. They send the iMessages to my phone number. Really nobody has any idea I'm on Android at all. It works almost flawlessly. Um, it's encrypted through Beeper servers, which I don't like, love, but it's better than SMS. There's got to be some sort of compromise, uh, I guess. That has completely solved the iMessage issue uh, for me. And I, I used iCloud Drive and still use iCloud Drive for everything. It makes my life so much easier. But now I also use Google Drive Backup for my computer. So that has sort of solved those two things. And it does uh, essentially the same, uh, the same thing. There are some apps and, and websites you can visit that mimic AirDrop. There's nothing that comes quite close to, to bridging that gap that I found. I've tried all the other apps uh, and websites out there that kind of do it. Um, so I do, I do miss that. And then also being able to sort of use the, the tracking features that are built in for, for my kids and that kind of stuff and AirTags. I do, uh, I do miss that. But I will say kind of forcing myself to, to make that Android switch, you start to find solutions as you get over that, like, this is a little harder than I'm used to uh, hump. And I'm appreciating now on some of these phones that I'm testing uh, a 10 times optical zoom camera here on the S23 Ultra, which is incredible. I would never have that before. Uh, the S Pen functionality uh, built in. I'm excited to switch on after the, you know, next week or so the Pixel 7 Pro and sort of try some native software solutions. So a lot of these, these big concerns are, are less. I love that I can put icons anywhere I want on the home screen. Hardly. That's incredible. Do you hear that? Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, I love that I, that I can make a short, that I can just make a widget to direct call my wife without having to hack it through a shortcut. That's awesome. Yep. Um, and I'm enjoying the, the customization um, that you get with uh, with android i am missing the face id i'm not gonna lie nothing is as good as face id i'll never understand why google killed it with the 4xl their project solely was incredible well it's just it's, i always find these discussions interesting because i have never used android right um, and every so time we talk it, about this it's always it's, me saying the same stuff so i need to hear from you because you guys know my thoughts i've done the same thing that john's done Beeper you mean is an incredible never app. never used never no, used android never no ever never. i mean i've used it in like a in a store but I've never actually had an Android device and switched to it for any period of time. I I am I'm nothing if not committed uh, to Apple, so <laughs> uh, you know I don't know I don't know if it gives me a bit of a unique perspective. But it's interesting um, because I'm always tempted. There is always stuff that tempts me, and it, I have to say it is the foldables yeah. now more than ever, um, and especially um, the Z Flip. Just that form factor. Um, I'm not yeah. such a big fan of the the kind of uh, like the book shaped uh, foldable form factor, um, but it's just ecosystem. It's Android more than it is the hardware um, that just gets me, because while these services like um, Beeper are great, and uh, you see these things come across from uh, time to time, these different apps and services to try and bring things into a little bit closer alignment, it's just never going to be as smooth. Um, as keeping within the walled garden. Um, so one day I'll try it. One day um, I will be sure to to make that leap, but it's gonna have to be it's gonna have to be a pretty impressive Android device 
uh, to be able to persuade I, me. I do think for I, you said something interesting. I think for a lot of I don't want to say like loyals, people are just used to the iPhone. Um, Android has to offer something different to make that switch, right? You switch from an iPhone 14 Pro or Pro Max to an S23 Ultra. It's not really that different. Um, but the foldables is where you start to see something that Apple cannot offer right now. And I think for a lot of people, I completely agree with you. Either the Z Flip, Z Fold, Pixel Fold, something, one of those form factors uh, offers something that Apple just cannot do right now uh, with their current crop. So I, I think a lot of people are contemplating making that switch, especially if the 15 line is as iterative as it appears to be. Uh, I think we'll see people trying something new, whether they stay there or not. You know, who knows? I often struggle with the, like, do I want to make the full switch? And I talk about it constantly. And I've used Beeper, and I still carry around two phones. And I'll do that thing where, like, I'll leave my iPhone at home, just, like, in upstairs away and just use the uh, the Android phone that I'm carrying around as, like, the, the thing that's attached to my hip. Uh, but it doesn't matter unless you make that full, like, put the SIM card in your phone make the full switch, yeah. commit. And the only way I think you can do that to where you get the smoothness of like that phone's actual potential is if you just say, screw everyone that has an iPhone. I don't care if I am in an iMessage conversation or not, you will have to deal with this. That is the only way that you get the full extent of it is that you're just making everybody's conversations green. Not with Beeper. I mean, I like Beeper. I have it. I, I mean, it's, it's definitely... It's definitely the best solution out of all of the ones that I have tried so far. Um, mostly because you just don't have to do anything besides log in on a computer just briefly, just set it up there. And then it's not like the computer has to run constantly or have like a server. That's not yeah. how it works. You just have to have it on something logged in. And then that is really it. And then you can just download the app on your phone and it works totally fine. Um, I just and it feel sends like pictures full res, it sends video yes. full res. You're not shrinking yes. them like it happens with SMS. But I feel like if you're going to be a real um, Android user, you just got to do what real Android users do and just not <laughs> care. They just don't care. What one part of the switch that has been very surprising uh, to me, and I'm saying this before I've tested the Samsung's uh, Watch Six Classic, which I've coming later today. The Android wheelbarrow market, taking that out of the equation, because I haven't tested it yet. Uh, is atrocious. I've got the Pixel Watch on. Uh, I think mm. I'm wondering what percentage of people who don't like the Pixel Watch is. If it's the same percentage of people who, I'm wondering if the percentage of people who like the Pixel Watch, the same percentage of people who have never tried the Pixel Watch. It is uh, horrible <laughs> in almost in, in almost every way. A, you don't like it. Horrible wearable experience is a horrible wearable experience. Explain what's what's so bad about it. Uh, well, the first thing, if I wanted to set up Google Wallet uh, on here, uh, it's not secure enough for American Express. Oh, boy. So that's a big one. I can't use my, my, my watch for the mobile payment um, app of my choice. So that I think that alone says something. Uh, it's constantly checking my heart rate. So my battery life after three hours is at 87%. Um, got down to 6% yesterday uh, at the end of the day. Uh, it's trying to do a software update. It's been trying now for the past five days, but the watch has to be plugged in to do it. So I keep doing that and I keep plugging it in, hitting update. And then it says downloading and I take a shower and it doesn't download, doesn't install. And now it's been a, it's almost a seven day process of trying to get the apps to uh, upload. Way it handles notifications is atrocious. When someone sends me a picture, I don't see a picture. It just says image uh, in there. 
it's circular and I like that. And I, I don't have huge wrists, but it looks like a kid's toy on my very not large wrist. Um, I don't I don't like anything. I really don't like anything about it. Um, I'm hoping that the watch six classic is going to be like the, the sweet spot. Uh, I've heard a lot of good things. I know Michael Fisher had some very positive things to say about it. So um, I am optimistic, but man, that pixel watch is I'm sorry for everybody out there who bought one that's going to justify and probably send me messages yelling at me. It's not good. And it, 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 if you've used anything else, you're very quickly aware that it is not good. You, you know what I've come to realize is that there really just isn't any other watch that's better than an Apple watch. And it's not because we're just like fans of Apple. I just, it's not the same experience. Like, and, and, and there are good Wear OS watches out there. They're just not anywhere near the same level as an Apple Watch in terms of the way it interacts with the device. And the Apple Watch isn't even perfect. I mean, there are some issues that we can really dive into if we wanted to, especially with syncing and things. But just when it does work really well, which for me is most of the time, it's just, it's, it's unmatched compared to some of the others out there. And I, do you have the Watch 6 Classic? I really like it. Um, I really want a circular Apple Watch. So like, I've been into the circular models and the way they look, and I think yeah. those look better. But uh, yeah, you, you're right. The performance on some of them and the way that it works with the phone that you're using. And also, are you using, you're using that Pixel Watch with a non-Pixel device, right? I am using it with an So I wonder device. if there's any yeah. issue there. I mean, there shouldn't be, and the way it's advertised is that it shouldn't, but you never know. Yeah. And before I know I'm going to get people are just going to scream at me. I've tried the Garmin watches. Don't at me. Um, if there's one area where Apple is really far ahead, it is in the wearable uh, department. It's it, and it's not it's not even close um, as of as of right now. I'm, I'm hopeful that will change. But man, the, the the wearables are where Apple, I think, has a, a huge advantage. Although with Garmin, I will say that they are pretty far ahead in terms of like health features and tracking. Um, I know a lot they of do, like, they do a very nice job. Yeah, a lot of like serious runners and cyclists and swimmers and stuff will not even touch an Apple Watch when it comes to things like that. They're very far into that Garmin lifestyle because it's just better, apparently. Obviously, I am not a triathlete, so I can't comment on that, but, uh, you know. But for the, gen- for the general, I think, notification-wanting public yes. with some health features built in, I think those are more like niche cases. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing, there's really nothing uh, better. Hartley, your your thoughts? Well, I also uh, will be no surprise. I've not tried um, <laughs> a rival watch, um, right? But uh, yeah, I think that in terms of market share, Apple is just so far ahead. It's very hard to see um, how that is going to change. Um, and I think that with something like foldables, Apple can catch up with a situation that is vice versa because comparatively, foldables are still a tiny part of the smartphone market, but. Yeah. Smartwatches. If you if you want a smartwatch, there's basically only one way to turn, um, and that is driving iPhone sales as well. Have you guys ever thought about uh, going cellular and using your phone less kind of deal? I know there's a lot of people in, in the YouTube world that make videos like that. John, I, I couldn't. I, yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I relied sadly relied too much just for my day to day business. Um, yeah, it would definitely impact uh, impact a lot of my my job not be able to get that but i would i would love if i could i'm certainly on my phone way more than i should be so i'd be interested to try it you would 
you, you there's nothing that yeah. well I guess I mean so a lot of the 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 ways people get around that is like well I use my Mac all day so like I can do the things that sure. I need to substitute yeah that's how it would be for me yeah yeah but like when you're off of work you know like I, I I don't know about you Hartley but for me and John we got kids I can't be taking my computer with me during family stuff yeah. and if I have that little bit of dull time where I want to check. X, if we're just going to call it by what it is, although it's still Twitter to me. Uh, if we're going to check that, I can't whip out the laptop at the zoo and just start browsing, you know, while the kids yeah. are in the bathroom or something. It's just not as convenient. Can't do it on your watch. I guess it makes you maybe a better in, uh, a person because you're not on the platforms. You're taking, you're detaching yourself. So that's probably the the, the one aspect that's good there. But I, I agree, it's it's hard to do to just not have a phone with you at all times. I think for, I, I would love to be able to ultimately get to that point. I think that's the goal. If I could throw right. all my phones away and just, right. uh, be a bit more present, uh, I think would be uh, would be would be nice. So I got a I got a question for you guys. Um, it's something right. that I've been thinking about a lot, and I see it all the time in in comments and stuff. When they talk about people talk about Apple. Uh, you see it. Apple's trying to steal my money. Apple's a scam. All that kind of stuff. And I think the perspective that maybe some people are missing out on is Apple is a publicly traded company and Tim Cook's job is to be shareholders exclusively. And any product that comes out is to increase value to the shareholders. Now you, you can, you can like that, you can dislike it, but that is the job of the CEO of a publicly traded company. Mm -hmm. um, it's not to make products that you or I are going to love and adore. It's to make products that people will buy and services that people will buy. I'm I'm setting up for something um, here as I as I as I get there. In that vein, and seeing as and I'm assuming that one of the biggest things that's holding people to the iPhone is indeed iMessage. If you are the CEO of of Apple, I alluded to this earlier with my question about what you would do if you were Tim Cook. Would you say one of the things that would bring tremendous value to my shareholders would be to subscriptionize? iMessage, yes, um, on it <laughs> on Android, yes, or on a, on a multi on a multi platform service. Um, and I understand that it's uh, it gets people in, and then people buy apps, and all those things that ultimately make a, uh, Apple money as a software service type uh, type company. But I, I guess I don't understand. I'm sure there's a reason that I just don't know. I'm not privy to. I know we saw some of it with the leaked documents, um, you know, from Apple. But I'm I'm still wondering why iMessage, and I would imagine iMessage is a standalone business. If they spun it off, would be more valuable than, than WhatsApp and Messenger. I mean, it would just be a multi-billion dollar business on its own. Yeah, I, I, I mean, that was actually going to be my response to one thing that I would do. But it was more of like, not the subscriptions, but bring iMessage to everyone. But that would not be very business friendly. But yeah, I've thought about this so many times. I don't understand. Maybe the math doesn't work but like let's just say it was 4.99 a month like how many millions sure. of people do you think would be paying 4.99 a month for iMessage i feel like it would be insane and do you think apple users would leave cuz now there's no barrier to going to android or do you think it would bring android users over to apple i think a little bit of both but more more so the other way right hartley what do you uh, think iphone 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 users going to android yeah, no, no, I'm no. I'm gonna no. try and take more, the, more so like the, Android or iPhone. Sorry, iOS. Yeah, 
I'm going to try and take the contrarian view with this um, because I don't think That's they should good. do that. And I think I sort of understand why. Um, let's think about, say, macOS. In the 90s, there was a lot of pressure for Apple to license macOS to other PC manufacturers. Absolutely. But they chose not Huge to, to secure their brand. Um, and this is effectively the same thing. If you like, I, iMessage is kind of like the, the macOS of of today in a similar context where there's so much demand to do that um, because it seems like what any other business would do, but kind of what makes Apple special is that it isn't always chasing a dollar. Um, it looks like it is sometimes. It looks like it is when it removes, uh, you know, power adapters from iPhone boxes and when it, um, you know, nickel and dimes you for uh, individual features. But ultimately, a lot of what it does do, when you think about what it does say for accessibility, um, that is not delivering shareholder value. Um, they are not always motivated by that. Even other things like they could have released Vision Pro without eyesight. It would not affect that product, um, the amount of money that that, uh, that is going into the development of that feature. That is supposed to be a genuine sort of philosophical quality of life feature. Um, and I think that they argue that keeping iMessage inside the walled garden, it's, it preserves the ecosystem. Because if you can do that with iMessage, why don't we bring Final Cut to Windows as well? And we can, um, you know, then we can start licensing uh, the whole of iOS. Why don't we bring a whole load of our iOS apps and put them on Android as well? We can package it all in a subscription. Why don't we just turn everything into a subscription? But and it's kind of a question of where it stops. But what makes this different than Apple bringing over iTunes to Windows and allowing those people who could just go buy a Zune? If you wanted to have an MP3 player with a media library, you don't need to buy the songs directly from Apple's app. Go get a Zune and go buy it from Windows, whatever. The, I never had a Zune, so I don't know. Uh, whatever their area was to buy. I mean, but they did it because they saw that there was tremendous value and money that they were just leaving on the table. I feel like this is no different than that, in my opinion, but... I do understand that this is more ecosystem-based because it's how you communicate with another device as opposed to like how, I, I mean, I don't know. I can understand what you're saying, but I still can't be convinced that there's not a good monetary reason why they wouldn't do this. Can, can I contrarian the contrarian view? That's all right. <laughs> That's contrarian all around. Um, contrarian back. It's hardly brought up when Apple licensed uh, their software. Um, I think that was a very different situation, right? There was a new CEO was brought in. Steve Jobs was ousted. Apple was on very shaky financial ground. The future of the company was very much in doubt. Um, that is certainly not the case right now. And I think to, um, you know, to, to the point that Dan just made, you know, I can use iTunes. I can watch Apple TV on my Samsung TV. Apple mm -hmm. has done these little things in the past. Um, and things I don't think anybody ever thought Apple would do. I, mean, I never thought I would see the day uh, when there was Apple anything on a Samsung TV. It just it didn't even dawn on me it was something. I understand, I understand the reasons, and I don't think Apple will ever do it for the reasons that Hartley said. Um, and I think a lot of it is sort of the brand preservation, but that also is the brand perception that I think is a lot of value and uh, value to the shareholders. So I do think... They are still serving the shareholders while also not necessarily looking at the, the dollar amount associated with it. So if I could contrarian the contrarian of the contrarian, yeah. I think the only reason why I think the only reason why Apple 
had to do it with those other services like Apple TV Plus and obviously with what I mentioned with iTunes is because there are other businesses and people involved that are not strictly just Apple. Like there are record labels, there are artists, there are movie studios, there yeah. are movies. They're not going to accept a sign-up of an exclusivity where it's like, well, no, I want this to be with anyone can get to it, uh, not just people who are on this platform. So this, like having iMessage only affects Apple in that regard and how they would want to market that and send it off to other people that are not buying Apple devices. But I still feel like the math out there makes sense for them to do that as opposed to not doing it, right? Well, there have to be more I positives. Don't, I just don't think it's about the... It's it's not about the math, though, because mm. it's kind of... Uh, Apple... Uh, the, the whole ecosystem has this kind of structural integrity, um, and they can do things that are uncharacteristic. So selling a $99 HomePod is uncharacteristic. <laughs> selling uh, 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 Apple Music on Android is uncharacteristic. Um, they do plenty of stuff like that, They but they choose not to. At the edges so they could make a 30 dollars streaming stick that would be a great way to promote apple tv plus they were considering doing something like that but they choose not to because they know that they need to be a little bit careful otherwise um piece by piece they are selling off what makes the ecosystem a compelling package and iMessage is such a fundamental chunk of that. Apple TV Plus, when it started, you know, they had to contend with Netflix. Um, they had to really make a big effort. That's why you can get Apple TV Plus on your Roku. But there's no, Apple just has no need to give it to you on Android. Um, it's just too important. But do you think, like, the vast majority of people would, like, legitimately leave Apple just because iMessage is now available on another phone? I still think a lot of the core general consumers. I don't consumers... think it's the point that they'd leave. I don't think it's the point that they'd leave. It's that from a business perspective, that ecosystem is so precious. Yeah. And it's kind of this weird mix of stuff that makes it valuable. So if you start playing around with the fundamentals of what keeps you in that space, um, that's dangerous because you don't know what you're messing with. Do you see it kind of, do you see it kind of like a test drive of a car, right? Or, uh, you know, first taste is free. Get a sense of of what you're missing. You think iMessage is good? Wait till you try our whole ecosystem. Um, yeah, that's where we'll get you. I, I think we could probably go around in circles with it. There's 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 no right answer. And I think Apple clearly agrees with Harley um, on this one. But so I want to ask you guys a question. I, this is a total zig and zag. I apologize, but I really do want to know what you guys think about this. Are we getting an Apple Car, or are we getting Apple going to make software for cars? Oh, this is the argument that I have with my friend. This is the the bet, the long-term bet that I have had with a buddy of yeah. mine who says there is no way that Apple will ever make a car, like a physical car. And I have had to argue because there are so many rumors out there that they are actually already doing this that I'm like, I I would I would if this was before, you know, maybe 10 years ago, I would agree with you, but like signs are pointing to them. Obviously well, not, they'd have to they'd have I'm to partner with somebody. Way. No, no, I know. And I, I'm saying, like, I'm still on team. Yes, they are going to make a car as opposed to, you know, what they're doing with CarPlay. Although you would, one would think, like, CarPlay makes the most sense. Just, but it's car manufacturers are so freaking stubborn that they all apparently think that they're so good at making their own <laughs> infotainment system and software better than a company who has been doing this for th forever and who has already got a built-in reputation of making good stuff 
they uh, refuse. So they only implement bits and pieces of CarPlay. GM decided, you know what? We don't need CarPlay anymore. We don't need Android Auto. We have our own thing that is apparently better. Tesla does the same thing, which Tesla isn't bad, but still there are so many people who want CarPlay. So um, going around in a circle, though, I do, st- I do still think they're going to make that car. with who did, who did they partner with? Was it Hyundai or Honda? I always confuse that. Hartley, do you know? Uh, Hyundai. They, they Hyundai partnered Hyundai. with... Through, yeah, through through the process, they've they've been rumored to be pairing with so many different manufacturers at this point. I yeah. don't think it's pinned down exactly who they're working with, um, but I think the answer to the question is is both, um, and there's good reason for that, particularly with the software. So we know yeah. that they are definitely working on a car. I mean, they've got test tracks. They 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 make filings with um, uh, uh, with with government organizations um, to regulate their um, self driving. Um, vehicles and that that's not technology for self-driving vehicles it's hardware um so there's a lot that suggests that this is physically coming i mean they hire design chiefs from lamborghini that's that's for the physical design of a vehicle so that is definitely happening but the reason why they are providing this new carplay experience it's it's all obvious um because it's like a trojan horse so what you do is you you give people a taste of that ecosystem. You think, yeah, I love having my widgets on my dashboard syncing with my oh. iPhone. So then when you to come and buy a new car, then, hmm. oh, well, why would I buy like iMessage? It sounds iPhone. like iMessage, Hartley. We just talked yeah, about this. Already, yeah, but they already have that market. They already have that market. This True. is getting into True. Um, other, you know, say you, say you love um, BMW and you mm-hmm. always have BMW, but you're using this full screen carplay experience in your bmw and they're all electric now as well so you can no longer say that bmw is providing that unique sort of driving experience that's part of their brand it's all changed it's changing very quickly and you're using something that integrates with your, with apple's ecosystem so deeply why not just buy the apple car next time around and that's that's why they're doing it and that is why some car manufacturers want to go absolutely nowhere near carplay because they know it is a trojan horse and they know that it is so dangerous to get um consumers kind of hooked on carplay because that's where it's going to end up and that's that's where gm's fears ultimately come from and i'm sure those are the conversations that have gone on behind closed doors yeah. um they just they just handled it terribly but there are other manufacturers like i'm pretty sure um uh, I can't remember if it's Mercedes, um, but there are there are large manufacturers that are saying we will not offer that next generation CarPlay experience. Um, you see it with some of the smaller manufacturers like Jaguar Land Rover. Um, I mean, Volkswagen's huge, Porsche, they, those guys are doing it. They are hedging their bets that they can stand up to an Apple car long term. But other manufacturers are just thinking this is way too dangerous because you're giving customers a sample of something you're getting them engaged in something that they won't want to stop and it's a future rival and they know that they can see what apple's doing yeah. apple's having discussions with half of them um it's like an open it's an open secret what apple's working on uh john thank you so much for um joining us today yeah, of course it's been a fun conversation of going back and forth and deciding <laughs> whether or not we all really do love apple uh <laughs> do you have anything you uh you want to plug today or uh or, or where can no, we all find you i think everybody knows I just appreciate you guys having me on. I love getting a chance to uh, to talk, and I think you guys balance each other out. I think really well too. Um, I love the podcast. You guys do an awesome job, and I appreciate you letting me be a, a small part of it today. Awesome, man! Thank you so much. 